There it is. There we go. We're on. Big bottom. Ooh. Episode Big bottom. 26. 26. Two There's six. To look forward to. We we got our uh, we got our insurance uh, premium. Everything uh, started going down. Week. We could rent cars, and now it's just the slow uh, trickle down to death. Yes, yes it's it's the uh, student loan dilemma time at twenty six. Yep. You know, like look at this bill, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. How am I going to do this on my uh, Starbucks management wage? How am I going to do this on my gigging wage? Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pulling gigs. Anyways, boys, this is uh, this is getting personal with the uh, Big Bottom crew. I get not personal, but yeah, just us. Us tree. A, a special tree. episode of the Big Bottom? Oh. Will you bring me flowers and a burrito? The tree of us. The and you know, the East the Coast. The tree of us. The, and the East Coast has the best, you know, Mexican food, for sure. Oh, my God. Continuing that, huh? That yeah. saga. Charles Larson said the same thing. I'm like, I'm like, oh man, this burrito place that's near near oh, my where I grew up, close to where I grew up, and now it's close to my studio. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah. He goes, that's right. He goes, because you know, Boston's known for their Mexican food. <laughs> Granted, there are probably, I mean, it's all over. You know, there's bomb. Oh, yeah. There's killer Mexican food everywhere. There is. But it's so funny how. You know, I mean, we're all regional, you know, we're all regional elitists. We're like, no, True. my town has, you know, the best this, the best that. So I, mean, I, spent I, enough I, time I am pretty stuff. bummed that the uh, the place I was hoping when you guys visit, uh, yes. I was going to take you uh, close. That was that was a bummer because that is that was one of the definite uh, more authentic Mexican places. Uh, COVID got him. It shut him down. I don't, I don't know. Really? You know, I I mean, the biggest thing I've always noticed, at least with the Mexican places that are really authentic and are awesome, usually don't charge what they should. Yeah. You know, because yeah. you could go in there a buck 25 a taco. It's like, are you kidding? It's rather inexpensive. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, it's inexpensive and cheap and we eat the crap out of it. We love it. And then it's like, oh, is the quality that good? But then again, it tastes, it's tasty. And yeah, that place. Yes. The quality was that good. But it was uh, good. Steve, yeah. did you used to go and surf down in TJ back in high school? Would you go down to TJ? No, no, because I no. I had some experiences in Tijuana. Because <laughs> that... I know like we're about the same age. And I heard back, like talking to surfers around my age, mm -hmm. they would be like, you guys to go down there and get a couple of beers and a couple of tacos for two bucks. Yeah. And I'm like, really? Um, oh, I did. A couple of each for $2? I had excursions to Ensenada and Tijuana where you would go down there and get literally lobster tail, beers, everything for, you know under 20 bucks like ten dollars it was it was amazing and sonata had great i mean it's amazing yeah but a lot of that i can't remember it's a little fuzzy <laughs> a little fuzzy <laughs> a lot of those trips are fuzzy yeah so i didn't go down there that well you know i limited my um my visits to tijuana let's put it that way i'd be mm. a lot more responsible now so yeah <laughs> and I could get and I could get good Mexican food, you know, 
down here in whatever, San Diego, Huntington, you know, there's a lot of them. I had to do it when I was younger. I had to yeah. go to TK. I was like, whoa. You went down there a few times? Twice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. John, have you ever been to Tijuana? I haven't. No. It's different. Yeah. Oh, I'll bet. It's fun. But there's, yeah, it's, uh, it can, it can get fuzzy fast. Real fast. Yeah. But it's like, come here. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. How are you boys holding up? Holding up. Great, man. Yeah. Things so, are starting to open up here a little bit more. I think on Friday, restaurants can go up to 50% capacity. Cool. Very so that's cool. cool. Uh, we, we did find out a couple weeks back that, uh, the kids are staying fully remote for the year. Oh, wow. Okay. For the whole for the year? School. Well, for the school year, yeah. For school year, okay. All right. I mean, the irony is that, you know, we're in the same town where the Pfizer vaccine's being made. Oh, wow. And we are the only school district in the state not offering a uh, face-to-face option. Wow. Yeah, that's... Uh... We uh, Our kids are going back, I think, relatively soon. I, I, I'm a crappy dad. I should know this. Um, wait, you have kids? No, I'm just wait, wait, I didn't know you had kids. No, I didn't know you had kids. You know, my kids went back. They're all out of the house. No, I'm just kidding. But my friend's kids have been in school. Like, actually, right. Orange County, about 50 50. I have about 50% of friends that are actually, you know, have their kids going and have been going. And then I have about 50% that have been at home so it really depends on the district we're hybrid my kids are half in and half out okay and i think they're going to be like four days not five okay Mm -hmm. in april yeah you're like april come on april should know this yeah i think from what i was told though they're planning on going back full time in august when the next school year starts but oh yeah yeah oh your kids are starting in august that's when we usually do. I mean, it's like late August. Well, that's fall, right? Kind of. Yeah. We well, usually start like right after, what, what was that, Labor Day weekend? I, just remember mm-hmm. that. I yeah. think usually we've been starting the last couple of times. It's the week before for us. Do you guys feel like last summer was just stolen from us? Dude, last the whole last year. Last year. I mean, yeah, absolutely the last year. But I think back. I'm like, stolen is an understatement, but I had... Yeah, I had my things that got me out of it. I got a there's a couple of things that really helped me a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. a, a group of people, a group of friends mm-hmm. that helped me a ton. My surfer friends. Sure. Um, there's a handful of us, and we all kind of fly under one banner in Rye Beach, New Hampshire, called the Genesis Beach Surf Club. Okay. And a lot of the guys that come down and surf with us every weekend are Canadian. Oh, they wow. couldn't come. They they could not come. Right. My Canadian friends couldn't come. So it was a slimmer, small subset of the group, and uh, kind of got us tighter. You know, mm-hmm. it got us tighter. And uh, even if the waves were really small or or nothing, like we got, we would get together. We would hang out. And- well, dude, it was it, it's human contact. You know, where mm-hmm. at the beginning of this, we no one knew. We're gonna have contact again. Are we gonna be able to? Yeah, we're outside. It's yeah. warm. It's sunny. Yeah, yeah. My buddy's house is walking distance down the street from the beach. Yeah, you know it's it's awesome. So I'm looking forward to summer. I really am. Just 
just to be outside, the heat, the warmth, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I just feel like. John got a new bike this year too. John's riding. Nice. Like you got a new mountain bike. Yeah. John, are you frozen? John's frozen <laughs> with his eyes shut. John, check test. I thought he fell asleep standing. John, there, hey, he woke no, up. Either. It's funny when you were saying that I was frozen. I was looking at both of you guys were frozen. I'm like, wait, this was this John. Is it you? Hey, anyway, we're talking about John. I'm like, John's got a new bike. John looks like this. <laughs> but yes, yes, I did. I got one wait, in. Wait, was it January? Yeah. Nice. Wait. I'm gonna freeze. <laughs> nice. Fucking Zoom. The Zoom thing, man. Well, so as soon as you did that, then I saw something that came over my screen. It's like, your internet connection is unstable. I'm like, I'm the only thing on it right now. <laughs> like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I'll, I'll get to riding. But yeah, uh, you know, mm -hmm. as you guys know, jujitsu saved me, saved my life yep. for sure. You needed that, Steve. Fuck yeah. You, yeah, you did. God, man. Shout out Gracie Baja, Red Santa Margarita, Kyron Gracie and the crew, my people. Man, that how close to it is that to the to the uh, that brewery we went to? Literally right around like same center from my house. It is uh, less than five minutes of driving. I mean, I I'm there in you know, so there's no excuse. But the only excuse is me going. I don't want to go, which I don't. I force. I go and get my ass beat. That's usually the thing I always did whenever I didn't right. want to do that. When yeah. I would be like, I don't want to go to the gym. I'd still force myself. Cause like yeah. five minutes in, you're like, I'm glad I made myself go. Thank God. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where you feel better. You know, you don't want to go, you don't want to go. And then you go and you're like, thank God I went, man. You know, no matter how bad you're feeling, you know, all that human interaction, all that. So it, it's, yep. it's very cool. And stuff's opening up. We got, um, Restaurants are kind of opening back up, uh, not just outdoor dining, but like you said, you know, they're, they're having right. more indoor dining now. So thank God, man. And our, our um, you know, talking about the um, the restaurants and the closures, I, I am a huge, and I know you guys know, but um, I'm a huge fan of Dave Portnoy and Barstool Sports, you know, the one bite pizza reviews. And that guy has raised, I think, over $25 million for a fund. And he's been saving businesses, like giving a million bucks. I mean, it's it's amazing. You know, when no one else was helping, he just was like, fuck this. I'm starting to fund. And he literally took all the money, started giving it out. So mm -hmm. shout out. Shout out to those guys, man. That's the great thing because yeah. we're going to be open to limited capacity, the mm -hmm. rooms. The problem is some of the great rooms closed. Yeah. Like, I don't know how – like, I – lost track yeah how many venues closed yeah particularly over the summer mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like yeah that's yeah, when winter came it was another you know blip of a few i'm like oh, mm -hmm. oh god yeah yeah so hopefully you know more gigs more bands you know we've been talking to you know we talk to musicians all the time i think more gigs are starting to come more mm -hmm. you know, rehearsals for things coming up you know we spoke to gary shea uh, I don't, yeah. So hopefully, man. And you, I mean, Tony, you, you're getting some stuff booked. You, you're getting, some yeah, I've got some stuff booked. I've gotten some cool. studio work. I've got some, I definitely have like a queue of albums to play on now. Like it just, nice. 
flooded in, you know? And, you, and this is you going to the place and cutting tracks, right? Like you go into Right, studios. exactly. Yeah, yeah I, like I'm going to be going. Um, there's a couple of things I could cut here, mm -hmm. but I'm going to... Yeah. Some of it's prog, prog rock stuff. Like, so yeah. I'm like, you know, or it's a larger studio. And that's the two places that I kind of have things right now. And yeah. I like being there. I like being there, you know? Yeah. No, I don't, it, I don't it, think about like the editing and yeah. crossfade mm -hmm. edit and so forth. Like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm going to be here. I'm going to get, I'm going to focus on what I'm going to do. Yeah. My hands. Yeah. So, and you have the artists there. They can tell you, you know, they can, you know, producers or whoever. I, Right. It's a huge, I, I was just talking to Wanda Ortiz, Iron Man. Mm -hmm. She's actually, you know, she's got a couple of sessions booked or one or two, I forget what it was, but where she's actually going to the studio, you know, and I even asked her, I go, you know, do you cut stuff at home? She goes, yeah, I can, but same thing. It's that, it's that human interaction. It's that instant feedback, you know, yeah. where you, yeah, it's just, yeah, we need people. <laughs> we fucking need people around, you know? I am so, not an introvert. <laughs> really? <laughs> I thought I, I thought John and I totally knew you were a, an introvert, Tony. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it so thankfully, you know, and so hopefully, yeah, more and more stuff, and there will be venues, you know, and yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, man. So, anyways, I idea, you know, like a lot of commercial real estate is going to be available. I think some of it's available now. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Why can't we do something with that? Why can't the community and, you know, like, you know, usually if let's say it's an, um, an industrial complex. Well, okay. There's going to be plenty of parking, right? Mm -hmm. It's easy to police. Yeah. If we could put some live entertainment and things like that, it's like, perfect. I think perfect. I read something that LA has, a venue that they're building up that was an old drive-in that they're going to be doing events at kind of that's that cool format, which is kind of cool yeah like a drive-in format where you have a live band where you can kind of drive up sit down and i know they've been having that but there's actually you know maybe we'll start seeing those type of things pop up like you said industrial places kind of open up more so that's kind of the thought i had if i had the spare resources yeah. you know i would try to do something like that because i know i could book it like mm -hmm five, six nights of the week. Well, I know, you know, uh, with speaking of performers, not just musicians, but let's say stand-up comedy, there's been a lot of people doing that. I know, uh, is it Chappelle or something, you know, with Rogan, they have, they have like a place out, I'm not sure, it's back, back east. And they've been doing controlled shows, which is kind of cool, you know. And define back east, is that anything uh, east of Arizona? Yes. You? Yes. Probably. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, Pretty it's much. in Phoenix, you know, back east. I, the yeah. second I said that, the second I said that, I knew you were going to give me shit. <laughs> but it's true. Because I don't know. It's got, it could be anywhere from Nevada to fucking Wisconsin, Nebraska, Michigan, Maine. That's all back east to me. I live in a bubble. <laughs> uh, you know, I kind of do too. Uh, my bubble opened up more and become getting into mountain biking this year. Yeah. Like, we have this loop called one where boston's got the ocean on one side mm. and the rest of it is like we have this highway that goes around it called the 128 and i you know i was born and raised on on it and it's like you know 10 miles all around the city you know you're yeah. in the city like nothing 
And to me, my whole life was there. And then we have another loop outside called the 495 and local New England people that see Mm -hmm. this will will know what I'm talking about. And I used to be like, anything beyond that, I think there's dragons that live out there. (laughs) I'm like, what? I I don't want to get eaten. I'm not going out there. You know? Yeah. No, I I don't go out there. And now I kind of do because I ride. I'm like, you know, I'm telling the family, like, oh, we can go to Vermont. Yeah. I'm like, Mm -hmm. The only time I've ever been up there was for gigs. Yeah. Now it's mountain biking, buddy, or biking. It's cool. Oh yeah, for sure. So wait. Yeah, so- and I'm like, oh, there's a there's a specialized, uh, you know, uh, NIMBA New England Mountain Bike Festival up there. Like, all right, we'll go. <laughs> so Tony, how many mountain bikes do you have now? I'm looking at my third. <laughs> I love Stop it. it. Stop I love it. it. <laughs> I'm selling one though. Oh, you are. Okay. I think so. Yeah, you won't sell it. No, I'm I'm gonna eventually put it up. I'm I've been cool. saying that for two months. You heard the qualifier. Eventually. Eventually, I will. Eventually. <laughs> Just for that, John, I'm putting it up tonight. No, yeah. no, you gotta hang. You gotta have the quiver, dude. You gotta have the quiver. So. <sighs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So I see behind your left shoulder there, Tony. It's something that says G K. Uh, that is uh, an Arabic symbol for man. No, I, I, I have no idea. That's what it kind of say. It almost looked like a little dude doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. You know, it I was does. carrying a cabinet. These are the guys. The guys like this. Yeah. Exactly. Galen Kruger series four. So those are the brand new, brand new, GK cabinets. Two twelve. They, they even yeah. have that smell. Nice. Yeah, I love it. I feel like a little send it through. Send it through. I want to hear. Come on, come on, go to the West Coast. You all right? Yes. Um, I, I don't know what it weighs. I think it's under fifty pounds. Um, so this is one of the series three over there. That's fifty one. Okay. I think they say this is forty two. Okay. So what I like about it is that it's, it's on its side right now. Yep. Because of the chair, but uh, I like the more vertical lineup, and then they redesigned. The speakers they designed it where uh or i should say the cabinet itself there's more bracing that it definitely affects the mids the lower mids and the mids so they sound a little bit different so tony yeah tony did those or are those taking the place of other cabinets? The Series 3. I think Sweetwater has a sale right now on the Series 3 cabinets. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I think they're like six seventy nine. I don't really know the prices. Got it. I, no, no, I, I, just, I just heard that, um, wow, I'm really representing my brand really well, you know. <laughs> Dude, well, well, I mean, you know the cabinets. You, you know, you series that. 3, I believe, yeah. is being discontinued. I shouldn't say. They've been around for years. I don't want to say yeah. discontinued. Like, oh, you're bad. I don't know. Like 15 years or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But um, uh, they are they are definitely on sale at Sweetwater. Okay. And uh, you know I know they're producing the Series Four, and I really like them. I really really like them. I was not the biggest fan of the series as we've spoken. The two twelve, I just was not a big fan of it. It's just something that you didn't vibe with. I didn't vibe with, but I like the CX two ten. Love that cab. I really like the CX tens. Okay. Um, okay. The Neo 10s are good, 
but they that box that whole thing is tuned deeper okay um if i was in a reggae band or playing like a dubstep or something like that i probably would be playing the neo 410 it's a very deep it's not like a typical four, 410 i mean you could eq it and tune it out and so forth um and that gk is not a neo this gk is a neo Oh, it is Neo. Okay. Um, but the CXs, the CXs are not their ceramic. Yes. And, mm-hmm. the, and that 410 cab, if you need an inexpensive 410 cab, uh, it's probably the best 410 cab on the market. Really, nice. I, I just love the CX cab. Okay. CX10s are just, oh, well, you know, you got the 210. It's, they're just fabulous. Yeah. That 210, yeah. I've, I haven't needed anything more in ton of band settings yeah it's yeah. good but i'm excited to check those out so are those available the series four yet i think they just went um they just went to sweetwater oh, cool. last week um the first guy to get them on the east coast nice yeah and just a couple of guys got them on the west coast uh yeah i'm, I'm pretty happy you know I really like them. And I can't you, wait to get them. You you've uh, you've rehearsed with them, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. The new video that you put up was that with that cab? No, that's the, you know I'm gonna be honest. That video was actually before the holidays. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was actually before the holidays. Um, the guys I play with and dig, they're all career musicians. You know, I mean, Jay owns master. Sweet Studios. He's a Grammy award-winning guy. He's, yeah. you know, um, Joe's like a first call guy around here, 30-year teacher. Uh, Zeke is the, the drum teacher at Northeastern University. Yeah. You know, and then he's a gigging machine. He, like, he's um, super efficient. Probably the, one of the most efficient drummers I've ever played with. That's cool. Even in place, set up quick, gets a great sound, bangs it out, is gone. Like, you know, um, they all, they all teach and record for, uh, that's their job. So it's kind of hard to get everybody together to do something. Like I know Jay did like a lot of holiday work and so forth. So mm-hmm. it, this is like a part-time thing for all of us mm-hmm. really. So, but, uh, when the opportunity arises, I mean, you know, we're recording drums in two weeks. Nice. I'm pretty excited i don't know what we're gonna i don't know if we're gonna we're gonna put this out either on our own or on a label but mm-hmm. we'll see yeah cool we'll have updates yeah yeah so yeah i was using the neo the the neo the series three with that in the legacy head okay and that was that sound a lot of people asked me about that video mm-hmm. um of course there's bleed through the gk and the i think we only had two overhead mics hmm Wow. Everything was direct. We only had two overhead mics, so there was a little bit of bleed for my GK. Mm-hmm. And then that was the ready. That's great. Yeah. Can't go wrong with the ready. No, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't. No. Well, um, and and speaking of, we were talking about kind of like having this as a mailbag thing. I do get I get hit up about direct boxes often, as probably you guys do too, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And I don't know even what to say without sounding bias. I'm just going to sound biased if I start saying, giving advice, you know? Um, yeah. So I'm kind of careful how I put it. 
Yeah. Right. I'm only saying this because he's getting it for free or whatever, you know, type of thing. Um, I mean, I just ran through like, as, as you guys know, uh, the uh, V15, the Tsunami V15. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So I compared it against the Starlifter, the Rupert Neve DI, the RNDI, the Ready. What else did I uh, have over there? Uh, just a JDI. There's a couple others. Um, I cannot remember everything off the top of my head right now. The, uh, but um, I mean, okay, so the Q strip, the Q -strip was the. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah the I mean, look, they probably all sound great, but it just you know what kind of floats. All sound floor. great. There's some that sound I think a little bit more natural to your instrument. Yeah. Um, like it's a sweeter, more natural feel to the representative to your, to what your instrument is. And that to me means a lot. Yeah. And of course the, for, for the active DIs, the Rupert Neve, it's like, do you want color or do you want sterile clean? Sure. Which either there's no wrong, right? The Rupert Neve for an active DI was, was fantastic. And for a tube DI, the ready, well, that's an industry standard and then i'm really surprised of course but i can't i don't know if he's if i should even be how much i should be talking about it right now but the v15 mm -hmm. yeah i'd play the v15 john yeah. what are your thoughts i mean i dug it you know it, it it did exactly like what keith's original idea and i know you guys all thought about it too is that keith wanted to you know give those guys that have a like a class d amp like we do give it a little bit more color, nuance, balls, a little bit of that, you know, uh, glass, yeah. so to speak. And, sure. you know, I mean, I think it's, it, it does that really well. Cool. And then, I mean, with the, the fact that you can blend in the different tubes, then you've got, you know, two bandy cues on each one with a couple of lifts and stuff. I mean, you've got a lot of other options that you can use it for as well. And the through is affected or unaffected you can choose right so you can go so i can get into that because we the beta type we changed the beta type the back end is always affected nice so there's a line level out and there's a di out that's always affected Very cool. there is a throughput on the front this is on the final version which i do not have yet okay um that is pedal activated yeah, you can bypass. It. Yeah, you can either bypass what because originally they bypassed it like well they bypassed the back and I'm like no 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 yeah. you want the back on all the time, you want to be able to I personally was like let's have that throughput just be throughput all the time but yeah. they want to be able to turn it on and off. Keith has a vision. Keith's vision is if you want to use the V15 as an effect mm -hmm. and turn it on and off. Yeah. Like, I guess there's a guy that's a studio owner out in California that likes to be able to turn the V15 on when they beta test it on and have like a saturated tube sound for some parts and then go back to the class cam and for others. So he's thinking it like a pedal. Right. Okay, that's right. one function. Well, um, you mentioned it too. Like the guys that are using that are like keyboard players that are running through this thing. Oh, yeah. That are that right. the ones that wanted it for that. Yeah. Like going um, putting the roads through it and having a little bit of grind or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Keith's also thinking like people that use um, modeling. Yeah. That maybe it'll warm up the modeling. Um, 
I just, you know, and that's, that's completely a potential. Mm -hmm. I see it as more of another DI yeah. with a preamp, with a, with a preamp in the front of it. If you were a guy that needed to do a lot of classic recording, like if you're a guy that you record all the time, that's your gig. You're a, you know, you're a session guy. I think this would be an awesome tool to have because oh, yeah. you can get a you can get a modern tube sound. I was able to dial up like kind of like an SWR sound. I was able to get um the, I was able to comp the ready. Mm -hmm. I could get a classic like B15. Yeah. I could get what I call like a more of a modern B15 and I was able to dial in like kind of a modern setting almost like that SWR but it has a little bit I always have a little bit of mids in my sound, you know, mm -hmm. so I was able to dial in with just a little bit of mids using the two channels. Um, and it was, it was kind of cool. So there's an array of, for just dip switches and a low and mid, I mean, sorry, a low and high. Um, you can really get a lot of tones. You can really get a lot of tones from it. So that's the one thing that I wish the ready had that through on the front, I wish it was affected or you could choose. Because I use it mostly for recording or gigs where I'm going direct, but I've used it live and I kind of wish I had that affected sound going to my amp and kind of, you know, getting a little bit of uh, that warmth, you know? Interesting. So you're an advocate for that. See, I was an advocate of having the through. Even if it's in the know. Oh, even if it's in the back, I mean, that's fine. At least you have a choice. But I think it's kind of cool having that on the front and you can choose whether it's affected or not, you know, cause maybe you are running a tube amp and you don't want, you know, you don't want to double up somehow. You don't want to stack preamps yeah. on top yeah. of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, stacking so. gain stages and stacking mm -hmm. pre's, you know, is like the, the big no, no. Yeah. Know? Right. So nice. but I'm still, you know, the ready is, you know, one of the best ever <laughs> for recording, well, I mean, but yeah. Yeah. You can, you know, you can totally hear it. Yeah. People are asking me like uh, uh, on that, like one little recording, I just, you know, doing that, the pump, uh, like what's that key of that sound? I'm like, the ready. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That was the one thing that I loved about, I don't, I don't think you guys tried it, but one of my favorite DIs is that Tonecraft 363. That thing is so good. And it, and it had a, uh, an affected or a non-affected through i think it had two is that a tube di oh yeah yeah <laughs> oh business Steve. oh yeah it's fantastic i mean it's like you know it's a little more expensive it's i think maybe 1300 or something like it's like 13 mm -hmm. or 12 but it's it's so good man really really good yeah that's one of those so Again, there's so there's so many of them, you know. It depends on your budget, depends on what you're doing. I kind of want to get a Jonas Helborg one just for the hell of it. I don't need it. I always wanted one of those, but they're so stupid expensive. Yeah, they're so yeah. stupid expensive. Like, get even them. my artist discount when I was a Warwick guy, yeah, for the preamp was still like two grand. And they rarely come up and they're expensive still. Somebody on Reverb, many of them. There was one on reverb in like New Zealand that went for seven fifty, and it and oh. it got snatched up right away. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, right away. 
these legendary things, you know. It's kind of like the Alembic uh, F1X. I think that was the one. That was a good one. That's good. Yeah. It was, I had one for years. That was my gigging amp for years for nice. having an amp deal. Just buy that little AMT Electronics uh, A-Bass pedal. Oh, they did a one. good – when you gave me a recording of that, John, mm -hmm. that was – it sounded like the Olympic F1. It sounded like it. It really that's did. My, that's my uh, Ampless rig now is the AMT into the uh, RNDI. Nice. Like it. That's <laughs> a great combo. Awesome. That's a fucking great combo. Yeah, I, I still, you know, the RNDI is another one, another one that's just fantastic. I mean, there's so many of them. It's just, you know, obviously, I think the first thing that comes to mind is budget, you know, what you're looking to spend. Yeah. But, but it's one of those things that, you know, tone hunting, like, what are you going to do? Okay, you're going to, all right, I'm going to buy this one that's like 200 bucks. And then, oh, I'm not going to like it. I'm going to spend another $300. It's like, if you can kind of eke it out, eh, kind of get something that's right. good. Maybe <laughs> you should have spent the 500 in the first place. Yeah, or gotten close. You know what I mean? But I, I get it. I mean, dude, we're budget-minded. Musicians are budget-minded. So, yep. yeah. But I think it's the funny one that that uh, gets me because I'm on uh, the gear page forum for work a lot. Yeah. And I'll see people being like, yeah, just getting my first bass rig, looking for a standalone amp and cab. My budget's $600. Yeah. I'm like, Ugh. yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, well, yeah. you can get you can get stuff that works. It'll work. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of just at that point, it's like check your Craigslist thing. Yeah. Make you you're not buying new. Yeah, I mean, one of the less expensive ones is the uh, <clears throat> is it DoD makes that little green preamp. I mean, that's just mm -hmm. that's basic DI, hundred bucks. I mean, if, if you had six hundred bucks, this is my suggestion. Anybody with six hundred bucks, there's so many RBs made. Mm -hmm. so many gkrbs made mm -hmm. go buy go find a 700 or 400 rb mm. yeah um for like 350 yeah a couple hundred bucks and go or three or 350 you know i mean and then try to buy like a 210 cab or 115 and you're talking rig this is a like, rig. Big, right yeah. if you got 600 dollars, that's what you should do yeah. you know there's also, you know, Mark Base. I, I recommend Mark Base people because you can find some YouTube. Well, Mark Base cabs. Can you get a Mark Base cab for? I think, I mean, use, you know. Could I, you get a Mark Base amplifier? Cab yeah. and all for 600 bucks. I don't think. Uh, look, I'm a little ignorant there because I don't know. You know. You can find little mm -hmm. Marks pretty inexpensive and then a 210 cab, you know. I mean, or, you know, what you can do, Tony, is just grab a nice little blanket, throw it over that GK amp, and that's about the sound. <laughs> I actually like the Mark Bass stuff. I have a little Mark that I've had for 20 years. I'm glad I'm not the only shit stirrer on, in this group. That You know, I will say, out of the Mark Bass was the only amp I tried that I could never get my sound. Got it. You know? Yeah. And I mean, there's tons of high level artists that use it, but yeah. it's just, that was the one amp I really couldn't, no matter what EQing or anything. Yeah. Was it just too whiffy for you? Yeah. It just was just too, I guess, round. I couldn't get any snap or anything out of it. Well, the big secret for that is to have those filters all the way off all the time. The VLF and the VLZ, whatever. Mm -hmm. Leave those off. Don't even. I, I played the little mark for about seven years. Yeah. Before GK, before signing with GK, 
I wasn't a little Mark. I wasn't a Mark based artist at all. Um, it just worked. But the key thing I found, it's kind of funny you say that, John. I didn't like the amplifier for a lot of basses. Hmm. But if I had a bright jazz bass, I'm like, this is, oh, this works good. Yeah. And maybe maybe that's the association because maybe because they have like a that woofier end to it. Um, and you have like a snap of a bright jazz bass. Maybe that's a, a nice compliment. You right. Know? Yeah. I mean, at the time too, my main rig was, um, I was using one of the euphonic audio heads. Oh, dude. Yeah. Into a Schroeder uh, 112 cabinet. That's clean. It, it was clean. uber clean. Yeah. Like the you now see now let, let me just mention on that like a lot of guys, John made a good point like mm -hmm. and this is kind of good to chat about this. And yeah. I think we're gonna digress mm -hmm. this budget. I have a really popular piece of gear that I'm not a fan of. Yeah. Um, and that's the uh, that big UI that big long DI box. Mm -hmm. By who? Steve, I think you have one, right? Which one? The Universal Audio DI. No, no. I mean, I have a real 1176, but that's... Not this 1176. What's the... Uh... Oh, the U5. The U5. Yeah. That's... Yeah, yeah. That thing it's, is super it's clean. clean. Yeah. It's clean. yeah. I almost think it's got a smiley face EQ. Yeah, it does. There's uh, a little but... bit of a smiley EQ. Yeah, but you can choose the different curves. I played with it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's a bad piece of gear. I think it's a great piece of gear. Well, it's not a great piece of gear for me. Yeah, well, well, this mm -hmm. is another good point that we're chatting because that little Mark II that I have, I love that little thing. I fucking use it all the time. I mean, I bought it early 2000. I forget the date. I mean, it's one of the old ones. Mm -hmm. That thing's a thing's great. I really like it. It's worked. It's. I mean... When I was doing runs, I was doing Vegas runs where I'd be, you know, we were running whatever, 19 days in a row or 15 days in a row. I would sometimes leave it on and forget like for days and it still worked. So that for me, that was, that was a good, I one. had two early you know? little marks too in the early, from the early 2000s. Yeah. And it both were, yeah, I liked it. I still like it. I still have it. Yeah, bulletproof. I mean, I just, I mean, yes, I'm a GK artist, but I'm not going to lie about what happened. Like, the little mark was bulletproof. I don't know what yeah. they're like now. Yeah, who right. knows? I, I don't but know. But I will also say this I've never had a GK amp go down on me either. Yeah. Same right. Here. Yeah, yeah, there's so much. So you just got to, you know, kids out there, you kids, you know, you just got to, you just got to try stuff. And, and the nice thing with like Sweetwater Music Friend or your, you know, Guitar Center, you can always get it. And return it if you don't like it. At least go try it at home, you know, because you're never going to know anything, yeah. out of, especially a DI. You're not, you're not going to, you got to take yeah, it. I to think, um, I'm kind of glad we're talking about DIs because I think it's the most underrated piece of gear that a bass player, yeah. you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the radial, even just having a radial JDI in your, in your gig bag. Yeah. I mean, that's great. a great, just great DI. It. Yeah. Just have it. It works. That goes with me everywhere. I got a JDI that goes with me. It's my backup. Yeah. 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 Have something that just works that isn't that expensive. I think they're under 200 bucks and it just works. You know, Jensen I mean, Transformer. Woo. But yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, dude, Jensen Transformer has been used forever. There's nothing wrong with them. But I think that people get, you know, you get, I don't know, you get enamored by the name and the glitz and the glamour behind it. You know, I mean, they'll all work. It's just you have to find what works for right. you. 
And obviously, you know, all of us have different tastes, which is awesome because, you know, what works for one of us will, won't work for the so other. Now, like you said, like the, cool. the GK Neo didn't work for him. Yeah. Uh, but I like the CX. Don, you didn't, you're not a Mark base. The Mark base couldn't get you your tone. Like right. I didn't like the U5, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I use a U5 every weekend at my the church gig and it's fantastic. Plug it in. It's super clean. It sounds great. My in-ears sound great. It's like front of house yeah. guy, you can do whatever you want. I sound good, you know. Like, a lot of the tech Tony One stuff I don't bond with either. Yeah, but that, yeah, but that but the Q strip, strip is cool. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a little unsung little hero, and it's not that much. Like two. Oh, I use that a shit ton. Lot. Yeah, two twenty five. Yeah. I've got hundreds of gigs on the U five on the uh, sorry, U five on the uh, Q strip on the Q strip. I had the Q strip forever yeah. on my board. I had a, a bunch of them. I, um, I remember. <laughs> you turned me on to it. I remember, yeah. I got it. I was like, this thing's fucking rad. I mean, it's, for a little box, it has every in and out you could ever want, which is killer. It has pass-through. Yeah. Which is the this, the keeper and seller for me. Yeah. So I'm going to shut my phone off here. Yeah. So there's, you know, you just have to try stuff. See what works for you, you know. Um from a $99 DI to a $2,000 DI. I, mean, yeah, I, re I replaced all those with Ruben Neve DIs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oof. Whoa. Yeah, that thing's rad. I need to get one. But, you, you know, that, and that brings up another good point, too, is that we all sound different. We all play different. We can play the same bass, and it's going to sound three different right. ways. You know, so depending on your style, how you play, you know, I, basically it's going to be poop in, poop out. Whatever you yeah. put in is going to come out that's bottom line like that's that's always going to be so you just have to find what works for you you know mm -hmm. yeah and a lot of the times too you're gonna play and you're not gonna like it and you're gonna try something else it's like oh, i don't like it and then it's like oh shit it might be might be me maybe i need to clean up my technique a little bit maybe i haven't been recording that much and i have to kind of get used to recording so you know it could be op error at the same time I love I mean. that about guys when they first got it, when graphite really started to become popular mm -hmm. and had like a little resurgence in the mid 90s. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of guys were selling their moduluses. Like my first modulus was a used one. Okay. Um, before I had to deal with them, it's it amplifies everything. Yes, it you does. Do with your technique. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes good guys sound better. It makes guys with bad technique sound worse. Yeah. It, you know, so it's it's just really good, and all of us record at home. It's a really good practice to just to record at home, oh, yeah, and and really learn how to get control of your instrument. I mean, we've talked to so many artists that are you know Reggie Hamilton, all these guys that it it's a it's a practice, you know, and it's kind of a different skill. It's almost like recording. You know, I'm not a singer, you know, but I've had to record backup vocals. I'm like, oh fuck, I sound like shit you know but that's my voice just is what it is <laughs> if i wanted to pursue it and get better at singing i'd probably take lessons and all that stuff i don't got time i'm a bass player so but i worked it like recording you know now yeah. you plug in it's like yeah this is the way i sound i play a little different hit the root sing the root dude sing the root sing the root uh, oh you want me to sing the third good luck i'll jump right on this right on the fucking root again Even the third's okay but like you know, 
Oh, uh, Steve, you're going to do the seventh, okay? You're going to do the high major. <laughs> uh, no. No. Adrian. <laughs> no, it's bad. <laughs> That's when Rambo. You're going to do the subcontra one to John, and you're going to do the seventh, and, I'm, and I'll do the root. Right. That's when Rambo comes out and sings. And I will always love you. Especially yeah. needs Rambo. It would be bad. So, yeah. So, it's, I mean, at the same time, like, all you guys listening, DIs and all that, like, if you haven't been recording, just get a DI and just at least start recording. Yeah. And then try something different and record again. And if you're going to sound, you know, you have to really see what works for you. Do I sound different? Yeah, see, like, I, that's I, what the audience, if you're, let's just talk about, like, pre-COVID, right? Mm -hmm. The world of pre-COVID, because eventually... It'll pre-COVID will match the future, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, like, like Brian Bella put it best. He goes, humans will be humans again and do human things, right? Yes. I'm paraphrasing you, Brian. Um, <laughs> uh, it's that DI is a representation of what the people in the audience are hearing to the front of the house, Yeah. you know? Yeah. Unless you've got, you know, a real you know, uh, some man that's working with you. Yeah. I mean, how, how often does that happen? Uh, you yeah. know, but it all starts here. All starts there, man. You know, it all starts in your hands. Yeah. You know, you see how Steve did like this and Tony goes, that's a metaphor for how Tony plays. <laughs> and I play like T-Rex and I'm, I do a lot of bluff. All finger flam. I'm gonna put this thing away and not be rude. No, you look cool with it, man. Yeah. You look like a, like a like a real bass player. Uh, I pretend. <laughs> don't we he all put, pretend? He puts it on and he looks in the mirror. Wait, do, go, don't we all I do? Go, that? I go like this. I go. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I put my identity on. Okay. Uh, hi. <laughs> I like that the identity is the glasses on the top of the head as opposed to wearing them. I I do wear them conventionally. <laughs> in in the sunlight? Again, I'm doing this. Well, it's because his future is so bright, Steve. In the sunlight? In the sunlight? Um, maybe, maybe in the sunlight, Tony. You know where the glasses came from? Where uh, did they come the from? The store? Amazon? <laughs> we are assholes. <laughs> you guys are so fucking Yeah, gross. look, John and I were even matching... We're matching hats. No. I need a GNL hat. Um, I, thought I, I can't I see it, this one though because it's camel. Is minus minus can't, camel? It can't be special needs Rambo. Um, well, it's camel. Um, it was uh, you know, because I would pull my hair back a lot in, um, in a ponytail, and then like you'd have these stragglers, whatever. So right. the hat was like the glasses were like, oh, I can do this, and it'll you can get rid of the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, and that's where that came from. And then uh, now it just kind of. Sometimes I feel weird without glasses on. Without your tiara. <laughs> Tony's a pretty princess. He's a pretty princess with a tiara. <laughs> that reminds me like, uh, my friend plays bass in the band Guar, right? Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. I love that band. It's great. Right? So, you know, uh, it was years ago when, you know, Everybody was still alive, right? Mm. And um, they did like a hollow. They went out as Halloween, 
as not as guar, but as guar wearing costumes, right? <laughs> right. That's so awful. they're still in they're still in their in their shtick as guar, but like odorous one as like President Obama. You know what I mean? So that's what gives you the time period. You know, this is this yeah. is you know, wow. and uh, uh, beefcake the my you know the bass player. Yes. Yeah, yeah. A, he went um, as a princess. <laughs> So he's like this big body armor, this big guy, and he's got like a tiara on everything. I know you're a pretty princess. Spartan helmet. Yeah, he had the Spartan helmet, then he had like a tiara tiara. right in the front. And like a wand, you know what I mean? Dichotomy (laughs) of good and evil. That's rad. They went um, uh, Halloween trick-or-treating somewhere in new jersey and there's a video out on youtube about it i love it and he's you know it was like a nice neighborhood and he's like yeah aren't i a pretty princess they're like guys like yes you are very much a pretty princess yeah <laughs> whatever you want me to say man whatever he like he's like a you know 250 pound uh, guy and yeah. like armor and he's like yes i'm uh, a pretty princess <laughs> we passed cool. zero judgment zero yeah. no judgment i think that's rad i think it's great mm-hmm. that's funny so um any other grab bag questions or mailbag questions that you've gotten, Tony or or John? Again, we're very prepared. Yeah, John's always getting something about strings. Yes, I mean I always do, but that's my yeah. job. That's your job. That's your gig. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean. Yeah, I just think the DI thing is is interesting because. Yeah, I think it's like what you said, Steve. We don't naturally necessarily think about it and i think a lot of times too and it's better now but i think a lot of times too we would we would think oh there's an xlr out on the back of the amp i'll just use that and it's okay but a lot of times like that was when i talked to the euphonic audio guys because there's no di out on on that amp it just had a line out Uh. so you take the line out and you put it into a di and I asked, I was like, how come there's not a DEI out? And he was the one that explained, actually, it's really just an XLR out of this. Sure. And he's like, most people don't really, they, they just throw it in as a feature at the end instead yeah. of really putting something nice in there. Yeah. Well, the better amp companies obviously do. And, you know, yeah. it's been a long time since I, I talked about it. And I think obviously that's changed a bit too. Like you're saying, you reach a certain price point and, yeah, they've got some decent DIs built in now. I will say, again, going back to my Mark base, my original Little Mark base, I mm-hmm. LM2, Little Mark 2, basically. LM2, Sorry. okay. LM2. Yep. That DI on there, I did a shit ton of recordings with it, and it was fine. It, it worked. It worked mm-hmm. great. Just worked. I don't know. So The LM2 was solid. It was solid. I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to say what I don't like. I'll just say no, what you, I like. Dude, if you don't like it, you don't like it. It's fine. There's some things I can't say. Um, the color, but, you don't like the orange. I, I, I have not. I'm, I can't say anything about the orange. Um, <laughs> I, I don't have enough familiarity with it. But yeah. the LM2 is solid. GK. I mean, all they've ever, all they've done is amplify. Is you yeah. know, they haven't veered off in other things like. Yeah. I mean, they've done some guitar stuff. They're like, we're a bass amp company. You know what I mean? Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, Robert is like, he spent like two, three years working on the Fusion S, the tube compression in it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. This is a guy who really thinks about 
what he's doing. Um, the DI on it's pretty good for what Dude, it is. The DI on the what, what's the RB eight hundred? Wasn't that the the I mean that thing was it RB eight hundred that was on RB eight hundred. That's Dude. the one that a lot of guys love, and that's kind of funny. Another I'm a GK artist, and I'm like, yeah. that's my least favorite. Yeah, GK. but but it was a tank. It would work forever, and all the sound companies and stuff. Fucking RB eight hundred with the DI, and it was like, it worked. Sounded great. And it I worked remember all back, the in the day, if, back in the day. Back in the day, if you went to like it was an eight hundred RB. Yep. Sitting on top of an SVT. Yeah. Either an SVT or one of the old uh, GK410 cabs and a 15. Or Hartkey. Hartkey410 mm -hmm. and a Hartkey15, you know? I had a couple of those Hartkey410 yeah. cabs. I can't tell you how many, yeah, how many gigs where they were providing backline where I'd show up and it was like 800RB with one of those combos. And it was like, fuck it, it works. Plug in. Mm -hmm. No worries. I think that it's also one of those things that a lot of those guys like SIR and different sound companies... They just know the sound and they're going to, yeah, I know exactly what that is. So you're going to plug in, going to make it sound good. Here you go. Mm -hmm. That could be it. Joe thing. did sound like mm. at the biggest Boston Rock Club for years when I was there, like this club called The Channel. And again, local people will, will know it. And it's, you know, it was, it was well known and yeah. 1600 person capacity. It was, it was a large room. Mm -hmm. Joe was the, was, the, was the guy there and he goes, uh, he always said, he goes, never had a problem with the GK. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Never had a problem with the GK. I'm like, Solid workhorse. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how many years I've been with them now. Not as long as people think. I think it's seven or eight, maybe. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. I would have thought more. No, it's like, it was, what year is this? <laughs> it depends. Time's fluid now. Yeah. Right. Like right. Like, <clears throat> is it 1990? Yeah, might as well be. Um, actually, no, 1990 was really, really good. What am I saying? I was going to say, if um, it was 1990, I'd still have my SWR Working Man's 10 combo. Yeah, there you go. Taking that to all my jazz gigs. Yep. Solid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally solid. You know, I've been like with GK eight years, and I can legitimately say not one issue. Nice. Not well, one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing too, where you were saying with the DI, <clears throat> if people don't have DIs and they have a good amp, they can always try that. Take yeah. the DI out of your amp, just to try it, just to try recording. Mm -hmm. And that might be a good way for them to get into recording, just to try it and, and to record themselves. And what do right. I, what do I sound like recorded? You know, if you're not sure what you, you don't have a lot of pocket change and you're like, oh, I want to try a DI, the best and most solid one to get. Just go get the radio JDI or the Jensen one, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so radio bought Jensen, so um, mm. it's it's great sounding. It's you can use it with an acoustic guitar, you know, like an acoustic electric, you know, like plug in an Ovation. And I actually like the sound a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just saturated a good transformer. I really do, you know. It's a, it yeah, it just works. It's good. It works. Yeah. If I was going to do like a real 60s vintage recording, I love the Ready, mm -hmm. but the Ready is not the B15, like uh, uh, like, a, like, a B, like an Ampeg B15. It's the guts of it. So you can still get your high-end transients and all that other stuff. Yeah. If you really want to have a hot bass and you want to soften it up 
and really have that warm compression. It was like, I'm trying to, if you were like doing like a cream thing or something like that or whatever, I think I would, I think I'd actually record with that cheap little JDI. I love it. Just works. Mm-hmm. And then speaking of recording, so what DAWs do you guys use? What are your, what are your digital audio workstations of choice? So I've, ta- I've actually, the funny thing is, I've actually talked to a, a few people just this last week about this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering. Universal Audio for breaking, and then Luna. You like the, and you just, they just released that. So you, you were able to kind of get Luna up and running and pretty intuitive, able to record right away on it. Yeah, I was, I mean, you know. There's always a learning curve. Always, right? A little mm-hmm, bit of a learning curve. Sure. Like, I mean, I've worked with Pro Tools before, you know, mm-hmm. nothing major serious. Yeah. I am. I'm, oh, I will openly admit to the public, I am not a recording engineer. Yeah, yeah. But you know what sounds I'm good. Okay and what sounds bad. That. Yeah, you yeah. know what sounds good and does and doesn't sound good. So that's mm-hmm. after. And you probably know what sounds good and bad more critically than the normal person out there. Well, you know it's funny. It's you funny you say that because like I I had this douchebag trait. Who was I talking to the other day? I was talking to somebody. I'm like. I'm great in the studio because I can say, oh, listen, I can hear that ring. You know, there's like 250 going on the kick. Can we lower a little bit more? Because it's dealing with the bass. Like, I know the frequencies. I can hear it. I can say it on the board and say, oh, this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. Or can we add this? Or that reverb decay is a little funny here. Um, so I can hear it and point it out and say, let's do this, this, and this. But I'm not usually the guy behind pushing the... But but again, that's that's an engineer engineer. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to know that stuff. I can yeah, I can hear it. Yeah, you I can, can hear, hear it. Like, yeah, it sounds good or bad. We we've all can hear it. We, yeah. we the three of us have been doing this forever. Yeah. We you know we can hear it, and I've never really been bitten by the bug. Yeah, neither have I. Mm-hmm. I'm really not like own like a studio studio whatever like. We are like I don't. I have zero interest in recording anybody else. Yeah. Like, zero. You know, it's just that's not me. Where Joe's, you yeah. know, my but Joe. it's a really good skill to have and to Fantastic know. Fantastic skill know. to have. Yeah. Fantastic. How about you, John? What DAW are you using? Uh, I'm using right now Studio One with um, the I got the Steinberger URRT2 interface. Okay. Which is the two-channel one that has uh, Neve transformers on it. Oh, nice! Wow, how's <clears> that? Cool great that's why you know it's like going into the rndi yeah it works basically that neve stuff man that's cool so i was just talking to you know kirk burkhart right he yeah um, shout out out. he uh we were just talking about some recording stuff and he has uh studio one and it just works Mm -hmm. for him so that's you know that's the other thing too is pro tools it, it just you know certain daws work for certain people you know, right. I, I had an original Mbox, I had Pro Tools, and it was a pain in the ass for my little tiny brain to work around the fucking binariness and computer geekness of it. It just didn't yeah, work yeah, yeah. for me. For me, that, I mean, logic just makes sense, and I'm able yeah. to do what I want to do pretty quickly. And if there's something yeah, I don't... my fiance uses logic all the time for her stuff. Yeah. So, so, and it's all in the digital realm. So it's just what works for you, you know? So if Pro Tools works for you, man, use it. If Logic works, if what- I mean, a lot of Electronica guys use, you know, Logic, you Those know? Are, yeah, yeah. I, I just couldn't get my head I mean, around I used it. Studio One before too, like yeah. Studio One. 
Yeah. Um, I went Luna because the Mac and, and Universal Audio. Yeah, so. it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also like Reaper. Reaper is very close to Logic. That's a really okay. good one. Uh, a lot of guys it's use the free that. one, right? You know. Well, it's free. It has. A, it's just yeah. You can get it for free. You can do like a monthly. It's not that much, but the guy actually updates it all the time. I mean, it's it's really good. It's powerful. Oh, you pay like a monthly subscription if you sign up for it or a yearly or something. It's not that much, but it's really good. Yeah. Um, and it's very light. It's not a CPU pig, so it's a very light rig for your system. For a long time, it was only PC. And then right. he cross-platformed to Mac and PC. Yeah, so there's a handful of guys I'd heard that use Reaper. It's yeah, fantastic. Like it. It's great. Yeah. But, you know, again, it just, what you just have to, you got to just get your hands dirty <laughs> and right. just see what works for you. You know, like there's so many of them, man. Digital Performer, Cubase. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot out mm-hmm. there, you know. So you just kind of have to find what works. Yeah. So that there we go. Okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> done. Okay, done. We have, we, have, we have questions to ask each other. No, wait, 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 wait. We all know that stuff. Wait. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Maybe we should each take a question. You can do that. Whatever. Okay. You, so Steve, you always do the first question. So so. No, no. You have to ask me because I. Uh, this is ask each other. Oh, I don't yeah. know. Oh, John, do it, please. All right. Let's see. Um, Steve, live or dead, who would you want to jam with? Oh, man. I feel like I'm a guest on the Big Bottom podcast. Not a great one, though, so get moving. Uh, (laughs) Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Boom! Uh, Okay, jam with. uh, Jam with. Fucking Jamiroquai. JK. Ooh. I would leave everything behind if I could be the bass player for Jamiroquai. That's That'd be a good band. one. Fucking Jamiroquai. Yes. Sorry, Stuart Zander. Sorry, um, Paul Turner. Go. Because I'm the guy. But yeah, I, I just... That's I my that. that's my kind of band. I... Yeah. I don't want to tour. I don't want to leave my home. I don't want to do any of that. But if Jamiroquai, if JK called, it'd be like, fuck yeah. Let's go. So there you go, Jamiroquai. I, I know the next one. For, it's for John. Oh, okay, go. Right? Because we each get the, the one that we that we do. Like, uh, oh. So John, um, I don't think we ask Live or Dead, do we? I should know this yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. Wait, have you, wait, you Tony, wait, Tony, have you done these before? Yeah. What, are you new? <laughs> have you done these before? Oh, God. 26, Tony, 26. Right, in all fairness, we haven't been asking these questions the whole time. All but right. John, who would you like and, live or dead, John? Who would you like to study with? You guys are so brutal. I really like to study with. I mean, really, what I you know, this might be because you know my solo stuff. So there's one you would automatically. There's a biggest assumption people would probably say that I'd go for Man Ring. Yeah, which would be sweet in and of itself. But honestly, live or dead, I'd go for Verdi. Really. Hmm. Okay. Okay. No, I. I. Ooh. Now that you say it, I can hear it. Yeah, because when I was in my um classical I was say, four uh, seasons, four seasons, Verdi, right? That was Vivaldi. Vivaldi. My bad. Verdi, uh, Italian guy in. Uh, I get it straight, Steve. I think Romantic period. <laughs> Sorry. All right, Verdi. Just yeah, like um, Verdi. 
because always that was like the time period I always looked, dug like the romantic composers were the ones that were really kind of pushing the boundaries. Okay, things. like that or even like Berlioz. What year? Yeah, what time period is Hector. That? Hector Berlioz. Mm-hmm. I mean, anyone that would write, you know, go on an opium bender and write a symphony about it. Good times. Yeah. What right. time? What time period would that be? I think 1800s. I thought it was early 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. Let me check. And I mean, the cool thing too was I got into Verdi. Wow. Because um, at the time, Giovanni Bottasini was the uh, big bass guy around. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, doo, doo, doo. Verdi was from 1813 to 1901. Wow. So actually mid to late, Tony. Wow. Cool. Hmm. Wow. I like that. Good answer. We haven't had those answers. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. I get to ask the last question to Tony. Mm. Tony, living or dead? <laughs> Why are you laughing, Steve? Who would you like to shoot heroin with? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, if it's shooting heroin, then, you know, no, uh, no. Uh, there would, would have to be Alistair Crowley. Uh, um, you know. <laughs> who would you like to share a needle with, Tony? No. Who would you like to, living or dead, share a meal with? Tony. There are two. Hmm. There are two people. You're only allowed one. So, two. Uh, okay, well, I have to say two. I have to say two. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, but they're both dead now, but I did meet one of them. Okay. Um, so the first one that I met briefly at a book signing. So it wasn't like a real meeting. You know what I mean? It's not like I met like, hey, and rub shoulders. But he was very cool to me. He uh, was um, George Carlin. Oh, I wow. am a wow George Carlin fan on multiple levels, Fantastic. right? Smart man, awesome person. So besides the comedy, um, there's like a philosophy aspect. I spoke to him about that. Mm. He said it wasn't meant, it wasn't intentional. That was just naturally how it came. And like, you know, I've, I've met some people that knew him and they said, he was always like a matter of fact. He's like, Hey, I, I got a skit. Can I just run it off you guys? Like he never uh, prompt. He never like portrayed himself as a phony in any way. Like these, in like a lot of these settings, he was like, hmm. George was George all the time. Like that was from what my understanding was. Wow. And he was very cool. He's like, Hey man, how are you? And, you know, was, and I got a chance to chat, sat with, um, chat with him for like five minutes. Cause at the end of the line. And so mm-hmm. It was really really cool and i was a lot younger and i was so happy and he signed a little book in a particular oh, spot that's fantastic so that's him and the other one would surprise you it's it's similar to john but it isn't it isn't um i just from what i what i learned about him is is paganini mm. oh so oh. because i heard he was kind of a wise ass and an asshole and and uh but an intense and, you know, it seems like he was quick witted, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people would uh, say about his bad technique. And then, so he didn't, he practiced technique wow. nonstop. Mm-hmm. And then like, I guess he was sloppy when he first got into playing. And I guess his son was a little sloppy when he first got into playing. And he used to say to his son, you're not eating until you practice. Mm. He wouldn't let his son eat till he practiced. Which isn't the best, um, you know, parental aspect of it, but it it 
it showed like a passion, you know? And uh, I'm, I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you're probably familiar with it and definitely John with more of the classical background about the, um, it's someone might write in and say, I'm getting this wrong. So that, and that's fine. But about the piece that he wrote on one string, that one piece mm. that he wrote. So Paganini had this incredible piece where he wrote on one string mm. and see, please, if, if there's a listener out there, Correct me if I'm wrong, because, you know, I'm hearing, obviously, things through different music professors that I've studied with over the years. And that piece was kind of written on the spot hmm. at a performance. And I think it was for the King and Queen of England. And they had like a music ambassador program. Someone came from France. Someone came from Germany. He was representing Italy. Hmm. And uh, so when, you know, it was almost like an Olympics, like the one of the performers said, this is how we play in France. Hmm. Boom. This is you know, the next one. How, this is how we play in Germany. Boom. Paganini being the wise ass and the religious overtones over there said, um, and very kind of confident, said, this is how we play in heaven. And he played so crazy that he broke all the strings on his violin except for one. Wow. And he played that one on that piece. So... Uh, you know, that's not a school thought. That's a improvisation. Yeah. So I respect, you know, people like that. And, Interesting uh, you bring that up, Tony, because uh, I've read a couple articles about how the modern classical player has lost that aspect hmm. of it because the, the classical players, you know, from centuries ago, were killer improvisational artists you know like all those little um things like at the ends of concertos and stuff you know it's it was all just meant to be improv to showcase the skill of the artist you know and for for whatever reason that improvisational spirit of the classical soloist has been i don't know if it's lost or for some reason hasn't has not been focused on as much anymore. Interesting. Interesting that you say that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I would, you know, that he would have been uh, an interesting guy. So I kind of, I would have yeah. liked him. Plus, you know, the, the, the whole true Renaissance Italian, I would have, you know, being one, well, not a Renaissance, being a guinea myself, I would have been like, I think it would have been interesting. You know, they say he was a dark man, not the most handsome. He wore black clothing all the time, you know, sound like he was like the. So he uh, was a pit musician. Yeah, sound like he was the, the uh, right, like the rebel of the day. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Was he the Johnny Cash of the day? I, I, I don't know, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, well, check out the Caprices. I used to play a couple of them on double bass or try to and the famous one that the famous one from the Steve Vai and Karate Kid guy that oh Crossroads yeah that was a famous piece he played one of the Caprices I think it was 24 or something like that I have them somewhere I have those books yeah yeah Paganini that's rad huh that would be the two that would be that would be the two nice it's got to be a character, you know? Yeah, yeah. Has to be. Of course. I wonder if he would like a burrito. 
Paganini probably didn't have anything like a burrito. You would probably blow his mind if you just handed it to him and he had a bite of it. It was like, what is this? Right? Like, you know, George Carlin coked out probably would have been like, give me another. You know what I mean? But, um, (laughs) could have shot heroin heroin with Paganini. Gone on a nice trip. I don't have any desire to do an addictive drug. As you drink coffee, sorry, coffee's addictive. Is it though? Yes. Caffeine. I mean, caffeine itself, yes, does have an addiction. Caffeine is. You know, well, there's one aspect regarding caffeine versus heroin. I'm probably not going to lose my teeth. So that's right. meth. It's a heroin thing too, I believe. But again, please, listeners, correct us. Let's, yeah. yeah, correct us on the. Correct uh, us on our. Uh, Heroin and we can talk about DIs and music all you want, but there's a few things that you know, yeah, life skills which is good. We might not be able to completely, yes. Well, cool, boys. All right, anything else you want to say, talk about? Not that I can think of, Hmm. maybe not for the general public. (laughs) It's time to, to retire to the green room, Tony. It's green room time. All right, guys, this was fun, yeah. And we've got some other guests in the wings that we will have uh, got some good ones coming up, I think. Mm-hmm. Good people that, um, yeah, we can definitely get on, you know. Yeah. So. yeah, we just wanted to do this one kind of a, you know. This is a breath of, you know, recap, fresh yeah. talk, you know what I mean? And a breath of fresh air because shit is opening up again. And Right, for sure. If you listen oh to some God. of our first ones. We're like, what the hell is going on, you know? So that or what the first couple were like, oh, this will be done by June. Yeah, and they were like, uh, we're still stuck here. Yeah, I mean, it still will be. We were probably right when we'd say done by June. We just got the year wrong. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't even. Was- you know what, John? I don't even want to say that. Yeah, I'm not going to jinx it. Uh. When it happens, it happens. Yeah. But we'll continue with this. So this was episode 26. 26. We're going to retire to the green room and talk shit. And uh, we'll see everybody later. All right. Steve Araujo. Tony Paulette. John Moody. Yeah, John, you're supposed to go next. Haven't you been doing this? You've been doing this. I've been doing this as long as Tony's been asking questions, right? It's supposed to go Steve, John, Tony. How about we do this? On the count of three, we all say our names. Same time. One, two, three. Steve Arano. At the same time. Can't do that. Wait, wait. You gotta say it at the same time. Come on, boys. All right, the same time. Special needs Rambo, ready? One, two, three. Steve (laughs) Arano. We'll see you.